Welcome to Without the Footnotes with me, your host, Esther Remy. On this week's episode, I'll be talking about the Holocaust in the Ukraine. Hi friends and welcome to season three, episode six of Without the Footnotes, not your typical Holocaust lecture. I hope everybody has had a great week. I know a lot of my English friends are going to be very, very happy. I mean, if you're into football, because apparently it might be coming home. So let's see what happens on Wednesday. Um, I've had a really eventful week, actually. Um, Me and my friend, friend of the podcast Aoife who she's been on a couple of episodes before we actually went to um, Ravensbrück concentration camp last Friday and I've never been there before and it was one of the most interesting um, sites of memory I think I've ever been to because the camp is right situated like right on a lake and if anybody's been to Berlin or lives in Berlin kind of known for Um, it's lakes in the summertime so it was kind of weird to be at a concentration camp in the summer on the edge of a lake and um, yeah there was also a Siemens factory there uh, which we also talked about with Aoife about how um, German companies uh, profited from slave labour during the holocaust Um, so that was interesting to see I don't think I've seen anything like that before and just a really ow just hit my elbow on the table just a really um very very interesting memorial site um very focused on the personal experiences of people who were imprisoned there um there is actually a lot that you can go and see like there's um, a lot of buildings that are still standing I think the only ones really that aren't are the the actual barracks where the um, where people were imprisoned, like where they had to sleep. Um, but everything else, like the the SS headquarters and the houses that the administration, people who were administrating the camp were living in, um, the crematorium still there, uh, loads of memorials and stuff. So if anybody is in or around Berlin, it probably takes about an hour to get there. Really easy, really easy by train. Um, I would really recommend it. I... I would go back for a second visit just because we didn't really get to see everything. Um, But yeah, that's what happened on Friday. And then aside from that, I mean, when I say eventful week, I just mean I'm amazed by the football also. (laughs) But anyway, um, I don't think I have anything else to report other than I keep reading actually quite a lot of stuff about um, what's going on in Canada at the moment with the residential schools. And I think maybe to keep really keep an eye on that um, because over the next few weeks or months or whatever, it's probably likely that they're going to be searching more of these schools and unfortunately finding more um, mass graves. So that's something that we can kind of see in real time. Um, basically a genocide that occurred and it's it's 2021 and now it's all starting to come to light. And the reason why I think this is a really interesting thing to keep an eye on or very important thing to keep an eye on is this the history uh, specifically in Canada is not that far removed from where we are today. So you you do have people of, um, yeah, people who are very much still alive. I mean, probably our generation, middle-aged, um, who experience these residential, residential schools. So this is a huge... Um, 
this is huge, basically, finding graves, identifying people and the reconciliation and the recognition that will need to come from that. And yeah, I would highly recommend to keep an eye on it. Anyway, I am rambling on a bit this week, but just some interesting things to take note of. Uh, This week, we're going to go to the Ukraine. So we're staying east. So I will just briefly explain about the Holocaust and how that happened there. So let's crack on with the episode. Okay, so here we go. We're going to look at the Holocaust in the Ukraine. So, Nazi Germany invaded and occupied the Ukraine in June of 1941, following the launch of Operation Barbarossa. It is estimated that the Jewish population before the occupation was around 2.7 million, so a very large Jewish community. Before this, Ukraine was a republic that was under the control of the Soviet Union, so the Nazis already had quite a negative ideological viewpoint of Ukraine in general, as the Soviet Union was seen as the home of communism and Jews, so two big enemies to Nazi ideology. And it was Hitler's intention that Ukraine would be home to around 20 million people, besides the natives that already lived there. So what did this mean? Well, it meant that there had to be a lot of cleansing to do in the country to make sure that it could be used as Lebensraum, it could be used for um, Aryan people to go and live in. So how the German occupiers went about this was to immediately distribute propaganda... Propaganda? propaganda leaflets that vilified Jewish people stating that they were in fact the enemy they were in fact the enemy and not the invading Germans so playing on existing anti-semitic sentiment that existed within the the country um yeah the Nazis used propaganda to exasperate this and kind of uh put themselves in better stead in fact when they were the aggressors Anyway, Jewish people would then be temporarily forced into ghettos or supervised living quarters. And if you've been following this series since the beginning, I think by now you you can kind of understand the system that the Nazis had in place to implement the final solution. Like the blueprint, as it were, was to force people out of public life and then concentrate, so out of public life, so um, making laws saying that they couldn't go to school, they couldn't be educated, they could couldn't do certain professions things like that and then it would be to concentrate them into specific areas in towns or cities and then following on from that they'd either deport them to concentration or death camps or murder them locally so in the Ukraine unlike other countries Jews were not deported out of the country instead people were shot by special units called the Einsatzgruppen, which you may have heard of. And these were paramilitary death squads of Nazi Nazi Germany. Sorry, I can't speak. (laughs) The Einsatzgruppen were paramilitary death squads of Nazi Germany that would follow the army as they occupied specific areas and they would then um, carry out the mass murder, whoever they were ordered to kill. So you may have heard 
this particular method being referred to as the Holocaust by bullets, as shooting people was the primary method that these um, units used. And this obviously was not the only way that Jewish people were murdered during the Holocaust, but it was a highly significant part of it all. Um, Millions of people really um, shot to death, which is really gross. Um, So in the Ukraine, the Einsatzgruppen were aided by the German army, Ukrainian police and local collaborators when organising and carrying out these mass shootings. Um, It's thought that around 100,000 people actually joined the police units um, after the occupation. So what they would usually do was first take the men and boys between the ages of 17 to 45, um, just remove them from, from... Um, the communities and shoot them and this was because they were understood to be the most immediate threat to um to nazi germany to their ideology um being of that specific age group then what would happen would be that they would concentrate the rest of the jewish population in a particular area and over the next few days either transport or march people to the edge of the town or city that they were living in under the premise that they were being taken somewhere to work. They would then at times force them to dig their own graves, order them to stand at the edge and then shoot them. And sometimes when we speak about the Holocaust, because I was thinking about this when me and Aoife went to the camp, this myth that nobody knew what was happening can be quite easy to believe if people were deported out of their town or city to places that, the people didn't know like didn't know where they were going however when you have a situation like this i find it particularly difficult to believe that locals who at times were also collaborators could argue that they didn't know what was going on i would assume that the gunfire alone would be a huge indicator and that people talk um and word of mouth gets back and it gets around people but along with actually the logistics of killing and burying thousands of people we're not talking about 10 people we're talking about thousands if not tens of thousands of people so as you can imagine that's no menial task and quite honestly if and I'm not this is not me comparing people to animals but like for instance if farms have a smell when you go past them surely thousands of decaying bodies piled into mass graves is going to have an impact on the area around it. Just like the smell of animals would have an impact on the area. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. But this whole we didn't know anything was happening argument really winds me up. And from what I can gauge from reading about the Holocaust for so long and obviously watching documentaries, all this kind of stuff and visiting these sites of memory is that this was happening in front of people's faces. The camp that I went to on Friday was on the edge of the, a lake that was opposite a town. You could see the church, you could see people's boats, you could see houses. Um, and the crem- crematorium was right on the edge of the water. So, I mean, the smoke, like everything. Or, anyway, I just don't believe that nobody knew anything. I think people just ignored it. And then after the war, there was all this, there was so much shame and guilt about it that people, that was just the, that was just what came out. That was the general consensus. Oh, we just didn't know. Maybe you didn't know exactly what the conditions were, but people don't just walk out of your city one day. Like you would, especially if they're not transported, you would see them go, you would see the signs and the notifications for 
Jewish people specifically to meet at a specific place at a specific time for a reason. Um, You'd benefit from if you took over their furniture or their house or something like that. So I don't know. It gets all a bit kind of conspiracy theory like to me when people say oh we just didn't know anyway I really I'm really getting off topic but that's something that's just kind of irked me this week because I just especially when it's genocide I just don't believe that people don't know it's happening so anyway as I was saying people would be forced out of their town or city and then shot and this could happen over a period day period of days months or even years which was the case in oh I have to remember how to say this forgive me if it's wrong um Jitomir, where between summer 1941 and autumn of 1943 180,000 people 180,000 Jewish people were killed so this is slow and steady like execution of people if it's happening over the the course of two years essentially um, and one of the most infamous massacres is known as Babinya, which took place over just two days, in which time almost 34,000 people were shot in a ravine, making it one of the largest mass killings that was carried out um, in Europe. So along these horrific, alongside these horrific massacres, there were pogroms, public hangings, medical experiments, beatings and random killings taking place throughout the Ukraine. And one of the largest pogroms happened in Lvov, where around 7,000 people were murdered, raped and beaten. It's estimated in total that around 1 million Jews were actually murdered in the Ukraine. So all in all, a huge, like an incredible amount of people. And that is my brief look at the Holocaust in the Ukraine, predominantly by bullets and also some other means of um, smaller scale killing. Um, I think it's very important to note with um, Ukraine in particular that a very different method was used to what we kind of are probably used to in a more Western understanding of the Holocaust, which is Auschwitz and the camps and everything. But these were huge, huge, large scale systematic massacres. Um, Yeah, and that's it. Um, If you go to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum website, they have a Holocaust encyclopedia. And today I found, um, just if you prefer visuals, um, there's a picture of the Einsatzgruppen activity. Um, and so this can give you actually a perspective of how widespread um, what these killing units were doing in the Ukraine and just like the different locations. And then maybe you want to have a look at more specifically what happened in different places, different towns and different cities, um, if you are interested in that. Also, um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, um, Christopher Brown in Browning actually wrote about the police battalion that would that um murdered people with guns uh ordinary men yeah that's the book specifically about the Ukraine I'm not that clued up on but I would look out um look up the Babinyar memorial um site I think it's 
fairly new. But if you go on YouTube, I think they have some some stuff in English that you can watch about that particular massacre. And then they obviously will talk about the Ukraine in general. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in that. Um, but other than that, that's it for this week. Another short and sweet episode. Um, just giving you a general idea of what happened. And hopefully, if that is something that interests you, you do some digging of your own and... Yeah, see, find out some more information. Um, as ever, if you have any questions or anything that you want to talk about to do with the podcast or the episodes that have been previously done as well, um, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. Info at withoutthefootnotes.org. Also, you can find me on Instagram at withoutthefootnotes. Always happy to have a chat, always happy to answer your questions if I can do. And if I can't answer them, I'll point you in the right direction or to somebody that I know that will know. Um, yeah what the answer is anyway that's it oh also please rate review subscribe share the podcast with anyone that you think is going to be interested and other than that i think that's everything for this week so i will catch you next time ciao